Hi babes, you're listening to the Ambitious Living Podcast, the lifestyle podcast for ambitious women who think outside the box and strive to grow their knowledge about health, fashion, can of wellness, business, and relationships while intentionally setting goals to live their best lives. I'm your host and blogging bestie, Verita of curbsandmuscles.me. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Ambitious Living Podcast. Today, we have episode 12 with Denise Holman of Organized to the T. We are going to be talking about organizing and styling a new space. So this could be if you are moving, if you're relocating, if you just want to start fresh and really just give your house a fresh fall cleaning, if you will, at this point, as we're here recording in September. But I personally am in the middle of a move. I'm getting ready to move out of the apartment I've been living in for two years into a smaller apartment with my partner, Stephanie. And I'm really excited about this. But Being a military brat, my mother and I were always really great at packing things up, getting them ready for the movers or moving them ourselves. But when it came to unloading things, we are very much the, I packed this box, I'm going to put it exactly where it should go in the next house without decluttering, without organizing. And sometimes we didn't even really decorate. So I thought having Denise on would be the perfect person for me to ask some questions that I personally have, as well as questions I've had some followers ask as well with relocating. So Denise, thank you so much for being on. Thank you, Marita. Thanks for having me here today. So I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you are a cat mom. I know you are a plant lover. I also know that you, like myself, have a love for travel, but what else should we know about you? Well, um, I most recently probably started to dabble into my creative side. So the last couple of years, I've been becoming kind of um, in touch again with my inner child, and I've been playing in with painting and um, drawing and building and just doing certain things that I kind of ignored growing up because you figure, oh, well, that's not what I'm going to do. So you just kind of put it down. Mm -hmm. Um, But picking up that brush again and just like diving into the more creative side of things um, has been really nice and uh, really needed during this time too in this journey. That's awesome. So what do you do as a professional organizer and interior stylist? Like what is Organized to the T all about? So Organized to the T, um, we are officially three years in now um, in business. Really exciting. Um, Yeah, I do organization as well as design. We work with residential office spaces and small business owner spaces. Um, our typical clients tend to be those who are professional organizers, excuse me, business professionals or um, entrepreneurs. That's where I do market. Um, and yeah, so, you know, we have a range of services. I deal with a lot of obviously just organizing, decluttering, um, purging, which for those of you who may not know what purging is, which is delicately going through uh let's just say a pile of things and taking out those that may not serve purpose anymore um also closets you know re redoing the closets for those you know i know about that redoing the closet space in my time working with denise (laughs) so worth it though i love the closets you know um uh, also doing um, moving. So just like you're mentioning doing some unpacking or actually packing up when I've had a client recently who's actually moving uh, to another country. Oh, so wow. she's really experiencing a lot of stress because she doesn't know what she does want to take and what she does not want to take. Um, and those things can really be hard, especially when you're doing it on your own. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's really nice to have that support to, you know, who can help guide you through it and help you make the decision of, is it serving purpose in your new place or not? And then what does that look like moving forward? Um, so yeah, those are some of the things that we do. That's awesome. So I know you said that you are three years in at this point. So why or how did you get this pull to become professional organizer and interior stylist? What was the aha moment that made you feel like this is what I need to do? This is how I can serve others. This is my new passion for lack of better words. Yeah. Um, well, it's an interesting story. And if I can just kind of sum it down, um, I was at another event for a business that I previously was trying to start, which was wedding and event planning. Um, to this day, you know, for friends and small situations, I may still do that, but I did start 
<laughs> um, and I met a lot of great people. And the guest that I invited to that event um, when I was starting that venture, she just um, started her own business and she was having trouble figuring out how to set up her product so her production just went smoothly. And for me, it just seemed so simple and easy. I'm like, oh, just do this, this and this. And she's like, whoa, she's like, what? And she's like, how come you're not doing this? Like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, you know, you might be right. <laughs> so, I, never, I never thought about that real yeah, quick. <laughs> exactly. And literally, it's like just being hit with like a huge, just, I don't know, anything. And duh, like, oh my gosh, I love organization. Why wouldn't I turn that into a business? I mean, already what I'm good at and I love to do it so yeah and that's when I actually made the decision then you know it was like 25 or so to do the switch and then I just started working on this and yeah so has it been rewarding for you like do you love what you do like do you feel like this was the right move or is it still expanding like how how is organized tea continuing to grow yeah um you know, it's scary, obviously, when you first start out because you have no clue. For me, I think I I felt um, that little bit of that imposter syndrome, like, oh my gosh, am I actually really good at this? Or do I really know what I'm doing? Like, you go through all those feelings. Yeah. But when you actually get into it and you physically see, like, oh, that solution did help that person, or oh, this actually does work. So you can just stop tripping and just, you know, have something. <laughs> I totally agree with that. I mean, I still remember back to last July, July 2018, when I hosted Brunch Shop and Sesh, which was my first cannabis event. And I was so nervous, like, what will the community think? Will it still like exceed my own personal event experience expectations? And, you know, when you're finally just do it and you just allow yourself to just be yourself and capitalize on an opportunity, then it's like, oh right I do know what I'm doing and then it's like the imposter syndrome kind of fades but it really does take doing it and like seeking out those opportunities to force yourself into acting that really get that imposter syndrome kind of I won't say take it away but it helps mute it for a little bit for sure <laughs> exactly and the more I you know got to do it the more confident it became to be and then I realized okay you know this can grow this is I see it like there's a vision now it's there's not so much fear. I mean, there'll always be a little underlying fear when you run a business. I mean, that's just natural, but yeah, yeah. in general, you know, I feel a little bit bad about the situation. So, um, and then also through the journey, you naturally kind of see where your business brings you, you know, because even though you have maybe one concept, one idea, this is going to work this way, that may not even happen, you know, it may alter a little bit. Um, like my clientele has changed. I did not even know I would be serving this type of clientele when I first started, to be honest with you, but um, did a little coaching and, and um, yeah, it just kind of all came, to, it all came to be, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's great. It's definitely growing. Um, I currently am just like right now been asked to be on the podcast. It's my first one. So I'm super Ooh. excited. Thank you. <laughs> um a little nervous but i'm excited <laughs> don't worry no i feel that um and if for those who don't know denise also has an igtv series out where she interviews professionals asking them what does organization mean to them be it in their business and their personal life and i actually got interviewed for that it was an amazing project i really enjoyed the question she asked so i highly recommend you check out her instagram page it will be linked in the show notes but check that out because i think it's really amazing what you do and even piggybacking off of that what would you personally say are benefits of having a clean organized space whether it's for yourself or just things you've noticed for your clients yeah um the benefits for one less stress um if you are the type of person who becomes emotionally moved by a certain environment then you're more so likely going to be stressed over very cluttered space um you might get used to that space being cluttered it might become your new normal but that doesn't necessarily mean that your stress is going to go away so and you know there's been studies that stress is not healthy it's very bad for you and your body and your brain etc so we all know that it's 
better to be less stressed. Um, and it really starts with your space. When you go into your space, not only just the energy is filled with all the clutter and all the mess and maybe some you know, negative things that are going on, um, but by clearing that space, you just have just a better energy flow. It's a little bit obviously more clean, um, airflow too. Um, and then obviously the aesthetics, it just looks better. You know, it's just a healthier environment to be in. Um, some of the benefits, you know, again, reduces stress. You have better productivity. Because your place is uncluttered, you might have an easier access to get to that item that you need. Um, you might be able to put it back even faster because it has a home of its own. I'm a big person about does it have a space? <laughs> oh, I know. I'm, I cannot wait to ask you about that. And we'll get there. But Tanise has this awesome rule of thumb of everything has a home. And everything should go directly back in its home after it served its purpose to you. And we'll totally dive into that because that was something that I took away with my time working with her um, last year, last summer, actually, Denise came into my apartment, the one I'm currently moving out of, and we organized some things. She styled my office space, which I absolutely love. And that was one thing I learned. And that was one of my biggest takeaways. So that's part of why this, in, this episode was really inspired because as I moved to my new space, like I want to set up a home for all of my items. And I want to make sure the only things I'm taking are the ones that even deserve a home in the first place. So I'm like, oh, I already love that one. I was like that again, guys, for me, like her rule of thumb, it's so simple, but it just makes so much sense. <laughs> um, and I know right? I'm like, I learned something, I promise. Pats myself on back. Um, and I mean, of course, we're definitely here to be professionals, but outside of the professional scientific benefits of having a clean space, I know you and I have also talked about our spiritual beliefs at times as well. So what would you say personally, you also feel are some of the spiritual or more so internal benefits, not necessarily business related, that you also feel when you do have a clear space or just an organized space that is really fueling you rather than hindering you? Yeah. Um, for that one, I, I guess I have to speak more on a personal level. Um, I mean, and it's not just so much because I do this professionally, you know, it, it's been like this my entire life. When I go into a space, it doesn't matter the size of the space. It doesn't matter where I am. If I reside there for work, for school, for business, for whatever have you, um, it needs to be just in a certain way to where I can navigate, I can function, you know, I can feel um, comfortable. Um, and again, I go into people's homes all the time and it does not bother me emotionally. Like I don't feel like, oh my God, their space is so, like I don't feel that. Mm -hmm. But with my own space, I feel that. Um, I am, I'm a little less energetic you know, I don't have as much drive to do stuff. Um, and, and again, it's more of an energetic thing than anything. Um, but it really, for me, is important to have my space just clear. I'm able to think better. <laughs> and I don't know about you guys, but thinking clearly is probably one of the most important things to me. <laughs> so I really like to think clearly. Especially um, as a creative, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's just certain things like that for me personally that helps me in my space, you know, um, and just emotionally, I'm more happy in the, in the clean space that's clutter free. Yeah. Love that. Well, I don't want to leave the cliffhanger there too long. So let's go ahead and talk about your favorite rule of thumb. So when it comes to relocating and also downsizing at the same time, um, in my own experience before relocating, we, again, we talked about everything has a home. So what are a few tips that you recommend or even let's just first go back and ex define your rule of thumb. So let's, I want to hear it in your words and also where it came from and why you so strongly believe in this specific rule of thumb. Okay. And just so I'm clear, you're referring to the, um, every, find a place for every item. In yes. Space. Yes. Okay. Like my favorite lesson. <laughs> So, you know, in thinking of these tips that I could, um, I could put out to be very simple that the masses would be able to understand, you know. So find a place for every item in your space. Um, we are human beings and we are not perfect. Let's just put that out there. We know that, okay? So we can't always expect perfection every day. 
Um, but there is a certain way that you can learn how to live and and have a strategy on how you operate in your daily life to make things just go that much more smoothly, you know? So for me personally, if I live in a room, if I live in a house, if I'm in a mansion, if I am in a car, I don't care. Everything that is in that space, there is a place for it. Um, leaving things in limbo, leaving things that, um, for example, having your clothes in the kitchen, doesn't necessarily belong in the kitchen, right? But there are a basket <laughs> of clean clothes sitting on my dining room table. Right. But that's not where you necessarily keep your clothes forever. Right. right. Thankfully, no. <laughs> right. Okay. Some people, do. Some people just live out of their baskets in their kitchen, for example, right? Mm -hmm. It's fine to each his own. Again, we're all humans. We're all able to live however we want to live. But what would happen if you set just a small budget amount of time and mm -hmm. said, you know what, let me just go hang those up for 10 minutes. Um, most of us who wash clothes just, you know, regularly, it, it should not take more than 10 minutes to hang them and place them. Shouldn't, you know. Depends on how many clothes you're washing at once, but typically, right? <laughs> so if you can just allow yourself 10 minutes, right, put your clothes back in its place. It just, I mean, it's that much better. Now you have a table you can use to eat on, to do homework on, to dance on, whatever you want to do with your table. You got a space now. Um, not only that, for me too, when I was talking about it, we buy and purchase things every day and not necessarily are all the items that we're purchasing necessary. We just have them. Right. Um, one of my things that I... <laughs> I mean, we all do it, you know, let's, let's, let's be real. <laughs> we all do it. But being just a little bit more mindful when you do do it will help your, your space, especially when it comes to the um, clutter. Um, so for me personally, let's say, you know, I have a little bit of extra funds and I just want to buy something for myself that's just a little nice or whatever. And I do think to myself, okay, for one, am I actually going to use this item? <laughs> like, am I really going to use it? Let's be really, really honest. Are we going to use this item that we're going to be spending our money on? Um, two, <laughs> where am I going to put this item? Is this being worn? Am I going to, am I actually going to eat this? You know, that could be too. But sometimes we want to try stuff all the time and it's just, you know, um, you know, <laughs> where, where, yeah. So where is it going to go? Is there a space for this? Or can I get at least a gist of an area of where it's going to go? Okay. Um, I uncle not to put his name on blast but he loves to buy just random things and their garage has now become a random things garage doesn't use half to most of those but he just you know um so just be mindful do i have the space am i really going to use it it will help keep your clutter to a minimum i love that and i can even attest like when i went shopping with denise for home decor there were so many things i saw and she'd be like where are we gonna put it and it was like, I felt like a kid in the candy store where I'm like, but I really want it, but she's right. I'm just going to put it down. Right. And I mean, I'm grateful that I did because I know for me, like part of also learning from Denise was I love to shop. You guys know, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, I love to shop. If you just know me personally, you know, I love to shop. I feel like realistically 2019 has been my year of like not really shopping, which I'm really proud of myself because I am trying to just declutter, but I love to get things that spark interest for me. And I'm very much, especially being a planner, I can imagine when or where I would wear it without having a set definitive date or purpose for it. So I've been really trying to take that with me about like, I want to bring this into my house, but where am I actually going to put it? It even gets to a point like, I will just leave stuff in my car sometimes for a couple of days just so I can make space for it or until I hope space is made for it. I'm like, I'm not even going to let you guys even know what my apartment looks like. Just wait for the home tour. We're going to do a home tour when I'm done moving. But um, I think for me, like that has also just been a really helpful rule of thumb when it does come to shopping, which for me, it's just, it, it's a no brainer. But when you do really think about it, do I have space? When and will I use this? It really does make you look at it a little different aside from just being caught up in the hype of new and shiny items. I love that. Um, and so with that, so on the note of packing and moving, how would you recommend someone find a new space for something? Make sure every, make sure, how do you make, 
Okay, Mike, I've got it in my head. So for someone who's moving, so for myself, an example, what would you recommend I do to take the items I currently have and find a new space for them as I transition into my new apartment? Do you recommend doing it right away? Do you recommend a little prep work while packing? What would you say is like the attack route, the best mode of it or the best route for attack? There we go. Ooh, loaded question, but you know, that one's a little hard too, because it also depends on the circumstance because if for example, um, let's say I have a client who's moving, but it's under strenuous and maybe a negative circumstance. We may not have the time to necessarily go through everything. Maybe there is an emergency and the family has to move. Like there's a lot of different circumstances to moving. But if it's a typical, just we've decided we're going to relocate because, um, and you are, you know, emotionally free of, uh, doing this task because it is an overwhelming thing to do. So I personally would say that if you are going through something emotional while you're moving to have some help because it will stress you out a little bit. Um, but apart from that, so for the average Joe who's moving, um, when it comes to moving from your old place to your new, uh, well, I can say obviously, but obviously it, it might be in the best interest to put at least all of the same items in the same box. So maybe all your kitchenware in the same place and, and market all of your bathroomware in the same uh, box and market just so you know when you do go into the new place you can look at the boxes they're clearly marked what i do i don't even waste time on getting fancy papers because it's just boxes i get a big old black sharpie and i just write on the side and, um, and they're stacked up nicely you can just see the, all of them labeled so it's you know and they're going to get tossed anyway um, but yeah, so just making sure that you label your boxes of whatever the contents are in there. I don't, I, I mean, I get very even meticulous. So I'll say like miscellaneous box, light bulbs, batteries, chargers, you know, and I'll at least list it. <laughs> yeah. Um, because when you do move too, I've had the experience where I've mislabeled stuff or I did not label things at all. And I'm in a panic because where is that thing? Um, so labeling, I am a huge proponent of, so make sure you label, it will help you. Um, now, once you get into the new space, so this one's a little different. Um, it's what I do personally. I have to feel my space, if that makes sense. Um, you're going to navigate in that place every day or whatever. So you need to be able to feel comfortable in the functionality of that space. So it's going to be completely different from your old place. And you kind of have to get into the mindset of, okay, I'm going to treat this just like how you would treat a new friend. I can't base this new friend off of an old one. You know, I got to start over again. Mm. So um, I have a client recently who moved into a new place and her kitchen is, you know, the standard kitchen, but it's a completely different setup from her old place. So yeah. she's kind of freaking out because she has no clue how to set up because she's used to her old place. Um, so kind of re like acquainting yourself with your new space getting the feel like if you're in the kitchen stand by the stove pretend to cook if i'm cooking and i need to get my spices where do i want to grab them from if i want to grab a spatula because i got a pancake real quick and i forgot to get it how do i want to grab that spatula because also too, <laughs> i mean we have to think we're all different people and where you grab your spatula is my, where i might grab mine so you know and it's your kitchen at the end of the day so you need to be able to feel comfortable and have the best functionality of that space so for me acquainting yourself with the space um kind of just getting an idea of where you would like to grab things pull things move things when you're in that space and then just adjusting your items to those um to those specific spots that you've chosen i love that so much like Again, it, it, I feel like anytime we talk about organizing or really just a lot of things in general, it's like, oh, that's such a no brainer. Like you, I, I love talking to Denise because I feel like she helps me uncomplicate things that are already super simple. Like how could you complicate that? But, you know, really just putting yourself in that simple scenario of if I'm cooking, like I love that personally because the kitchen that I currently am in, the one I've been in for the last two years is very open. Whereas the apartment we're moving to the stove is going to be a little more boxed in. So it's going to be the furthest part of the kitchen. And then I've got my counters directly on the side leading to the fridge and then out of the kitchen essentially. So I even 
when I first went in there, I was like, oh, we could probably put the spices here. And I kind of started to imagine it. But now that you say that, I'm like, hold on. I was going to put them in this cabinet that's like the other end of the kitchen. That doesn't even make sense, Verita. So I just really like that scenario and just thinking about that. Because I know for myself as well, like that is also something that for me, I just feel like it helps solve so many things I've been worrying about when it comes to my bathroom. Because right now, the bathroom I have is obnoxiously large. I have a good amount of counter space and the bathroom we're going to have next week. Um, it is a little smaller and I've been trying to figure out how to navigate all of my makeup and putting it out there. Part of it is downsizing massively because you guys know I'm not even crazy about makeup like that to have as much as I do on my counters. <laughs> but, you know, for me thinking about it, it's like, oh, it would make sense for me to at least reserve space on the actual counter for the things I use every day. Whereas now I have all my makeup out there to see, but I don't use it all the time. So now that I am downsizing seriously in space and in items, that's just like such a simple way to think about it. But I'm like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. Like, yes. So thank you so much for sharing that. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm about to go to my apartment right now just to do this. So I know where I want to move things. Like I'm all excited. Um, but I, I love that. And then once we are in this new space, what tips or, you know, how do you feel like is the best way to navigate maintaining the cleanliness? Because I know if you're like me, when you say you move into a new space, you're like, I'm going to move in. It's going to be clean. It's going to stay clean. But like spaces, life happens. And sometimes it doesn't always stay clean. So if we do have the luxury of really having this fresh start, because I feel like moving, I think for me too, especially being a military brat, moving has always been so invigorating because it doesn't just come with a new space. In my experience, I've lived in a lot of different states. I've went to two elementary schools, two middle schools, two high schools, college in the Midwest after living on the West Coast my whole life. So for me, move has also always come with new opportunities, opportunities for growth, new experiences, new people. So I always get so excited about it, but I get, I know myself, I get so excited about the experiences, the people, the things outside of the home that my house again, just starts to get cluttered again. So as life takes over, as we are adjusting and acquainting ourselves with this new space, what are the best ways to just help it stay clean without it being overwhelming? Yeah. Um, honestly, it's going to be habits. <laughs> so it's obviously very hard when you're moving from one place to another, you're not familiar. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the emotional side of things, you know? So for example, let's say you do organize, just like you said, you have it in your mind, you know what, it's going to be clean from now on, it's going to be decluttered, blah, blah, blah. But honestly, you just carried on your old habits from your old place to your new place. It just looks mm -hmm. differently now. Um, so really starting out with the small things, like for example, prior to even moving, what I would suggest is purging. Going through the items, seeing what you do actually need and what you don't. And a lot of us, and I am a huge person that does this all the time, I wear everything out until it's very last breath, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> going back to that spatula, if you notice it's a little, you know, it needs, it needs to be disposed, go ahead and dispose that spatula. Don't bring it over to the new house. I feel like she's putting me so on blast, even though she doesn't <laughs> know that's actually my life right now. Like, my girlfriend and I were just talking about, like, we need to go through the kitchen so we only take things that are worth cooking with. So I'm like, Denise got me with the clothes in the dining room, the crappy spatula, just airing my dirty laundry, and she didn't even know it. But again, that's why we do this, guys. I'm here. I'm human. My life is just as cluttered as yours, but we're just here to get it together, together, okay? Love it, love it. Okay, well, that was just an example, okay? So, yeah, <laughs> let's just say um, you need to get rid of it. You know, just the things that are not useful, don't bring them to the new space. Um, and also, of course, things that you don't need, things that you know you're not going to use, things that could be served, maybe donated to another cause that would use it better um just get rid of it because also too it's going to emotionally get rid of some stuff for you it's always good to just start fresh from a lot of different levels not just you know your surroundings and your environment but emotionally in your space your your things um just like you said you know we go to these different places we are growing we are changing we are um encompassing all of these different elements of our new environment so we don't we want to be as decluttered as possible you know in all in all ways you know we want to have a fresh start. Um, and then also too, when you do purge, you're leaving up new space. 
Mm -hmm. So now you have open space to create new rules, new habits, and then also to physical space that you have. You're, it's just a little bit more easy to uh, manage and maintain when you do bring in those new items because now you don't have to question yourself. Do I actually have space for this? You'll just know, of course, yeah, I have space because I'm already decluttering. So it's no problem. And one thing, because you guys know I am very transparent about my own personal grief journey, when it, you, you said something that kind of like triggered a thought, but when it does come to emotionally releasing and allowing yourself to part with items that no longer serve you, do you have any um, words of advice or words of wisdom? If they may be someone like myself, a lot of the items I currently have in my house have traveled with me since Oregon, which is when I went to college or high school, um, when I was in high school. So these are all items for the most part that were purchased by my mother. And I definitely know I do have emotional attachment to them because they're comforting. I mean, these were in a house that I lived in for years and we had that house all through college. So I think technically I lived in that house the longest of any house I've ever been in. So it was about three years, but I also am in a position where I am with my partner and we are definitely serious and I'm excited to decorate a space that represents us. But do you have any words of advice for parting with things even if it may be emotional but kind of even walking through or like just the baby steps of parting with things that belonged or associated with the loved one yeah um and that one's always really hard um because we are attached to our items because they hold meaning for an event or something emotionally that occurred you know to us of course in, in the past so it is really hard um i have heard of different strategies of how to let things go that may be easier so instead of just doing a quick just dump it all you know there are different ways that you can still hold on to that item in a sense without clearing it away so for example if you can emotionally part with physically touching that item perhaps taking a picture of that item and storing it in your in your computer and then you can have a memories file. And every single time you want to kind of feel those memories or see that person or kind of just remember them, you can go to that memories file and then you can, you know, have the pictures of all the things that held memories for you. Because I think regardless of if you physically touch it, if your mind is still in a good place, you can, you can mentally remember that event or that person. It will trigger for you again. Um, again, unless it's maybe a person who had a teddy bear or something like that that was from a loved one those things are a little bit more understandable um when it comes to that i'm a little bit i'm i'm more of a softy when it comes to that you know because when it comes to people's emotions i i, I tend to want to please them more but for example let's say you like back in the day in the well i should say before 2000s and everybody was using the cameras and you printed off the actual film a lot of people, especially like my parents, my mom, they have so many pictures. Oh, same. My family has so many. I, I carry, a lot of the things I do even carry with me still are pictures because we were definitely a big picture family. Like I still remember having like the huge garbage bags just full of photo albums, random singles in there. It's like, and I so feel that one. I'm like the pictures for sure. <laughs> and, and going into the pictures, that for me too is actually one of the hardest because I feel like, well, if the pictures are gone, that memory of that moment is gone yeah. because sometimes it is out of sight, out of mind. And you know, sometimes it's healthy to move on from certain things, but sometimes you do want to carry those moments. So I am a creative. So a part of me, um, I'm open to having a client, for example, get a photo album and actually put those pictures in a photo album. And if you want to have the tangible, you know, the copies, at least you'll have that. It's, it looks nice. You know, they still sell photo albums today until paper is done. It's right. still out there. <laughs> um, grandkids can still flip through them, whatever have you. So it, it's still an option. You can still make photo albums. Um, and then, you know, if you don't want to have a whole series of photo albums in your bookshelf, then unfortunately you might have to sit there and purge through some of those photos and, you know, check the ones that don't hold that meaning for you. That can be exhausting. Um, but if you honestly kind of want to clear that space and clear that clutter and make new space, then it's a step that you might want to reserve like, you know, a day for a Sunday or Saturday and just sit down and and do that but there's a few options on how to preserve that and move on and then just because I know I personally have some people in my circle that are experiencing this 
Um, I was grateful that I didn't have to move all of my mother's items out of our house. She actually had packed them up um, with the help of my aunt a little bit before she passed away. But do you have any, again, some just words of wisdom or advice if someone is having to go through a loved one's item, say a parent recently just passed, and it is still close to the event of the passing, but they may have to clear out the house. Um, do you have any you know, tips or just, again, words of wisdom that you would advise someone when they're purging items from someone else after something like that? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of a double answer for me because for one, I, I am prepping to do that right now myself. Um, so I take care of my 91-year-old grandmother and, you know, technically she's 91, so that could be any time for her, you know? Um, so I personally, prior to her passing, <laughs> have been trying to slowly but surely purge the things that is no longer serving us because I do know personally and, you know, just being transparent that my family members are not going to be um, emotionally dirty enough to do all of that so it is going to be up to me so mm -hmm. now I'm gonna have to be the other person on the other side and and go through it so I, I think about myself because honestly because of her age it could be any and any time um, but for those who have for one get a buddy first of all first and foremost I would say get get someone you trust that will sit there and help you go through it don't do it by yourself um, because you may need to pause and then, you know, we need our friends, we need our support group. So that's my first rule of advice. I would say is get a, get someone that you trust that can be there with you, um, that you can be vulnerable with, vulnerable and comfortable with as well. And somebody who may understand your situation. Um, and this may be kind of dark to start on, but for those who have not encountered people passing yet. I'm a big prepper and it's not a nice topic. No one wants to talk about it at all. But for those who have elderly parents or sickly parents, or maybe somebody who just has more of a high risk job, whatever have you, start thinking about those things because it is a part of life. You know, unfortunately it is. Um, but when you're in it, have a buddy. And then I would just say, think about a couple of things. Is it important right now? So you may not even be in a physical or emotional state to go through these items. Mm -hmm. So I would just separate it in two piles. Can we get rid of it now and can we get rid of it later? So for all the pictures and all of the documents and maybe everything that you feel is important to that individual, put aside. And then everything else that may be junk or just things that you know it doesn't serve any purpose anymore, get them away. And then when you're emotionally more stable and if, it's, if, there, if there is no time crunch, you know, to like get the items out of the space, then just chunk it down. Like, you know, week by week, take time. Um, and again, people, they do operate differently. So some people like to get everything done at once and then have their free time. Some people can only do a little bit in increments. Mm -hmm. I would say, listen to yourself and listen to your body. Don't overdo it and don't over push yourself. Um, and unfortunately, yes, there are circumstances where you have to get out of that space. It's important now. You got to get all the items, but if it's possible, just separate the two piles. We can do it now and we can do it later. Um, and just make it easy on yourself. Um, you know, just for the time being hope that helps. <laughs> no, that helps a lot. Um, and I very much want to just thank you for your transparency. Um, and I know for me, another reason I definitely asked that question, um, my father, he's been 110% disabled by the VA, but you know, he's, he just turned 70 this year. He's an old man, but he can be a little bit of a hoarder at times and something that we've expressed and we're trying to work on. But, um, you know, especially with already having lost one parent, I want to make sure he has the most comfortable life as possible, but also that, again, very much like you said, it is a part of life. It's not anything anyone wants to talk about. Um, I know one of my friends shared this saying with me after I lost my mom. Um, and she said, once you've lost someone really close to you, you're in the club no one wants to be in but you're welcomed with open arms. And that's very much how it feels. We don't ever want to put ourselves in that position of even thinking about it, but um, I do feel it is part of my responsibility as someone who has gone through grief to share ways to make this process easier, but also just to, it's a conversation. Um, 
whether it's a comfortable one or not, it's one that needs to be had. And this is a safe space where we can do that. So thank you so much, Denise, for sharing those tips. Um, I'm like, I, feel, I know I already feel a little lighter. It's like, it is again, it's like, it can be a little, you know, it can make the heart a little heavy, but it is still, it makes you feel a little lighter. So being able to talk about it and knowing that there are different avenues for you to still function and still find peace after something like that. So thank you so much for those. Um, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask two more questions. The first is moving into one of your other expertise areas, which is going to be more so interior styling. So what would you say to someone who feels they are not creative at all whatsoever. They have no idea how to de decorate their space, but they do want to make it a little more personal. They, they want to have items around that look nice, but they don't know how to do that. I.e. me last year, because I wanted a pretty space, but I had no idea where to start. What, how do you encourage someone to still find their creativity within themselves or just be excited and proud and look forward to decorating a space that really represents them? You know, um, and this may be so corny, but whenever people talk about design or something creative, I go to our now uh, millennial catalog of uh, Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> millennial catalog. You'd like me to write that one down for sure. I love it. Um, Pinterest, as you know, is amazing. Mm -hmm. And not that I get all of my ideas from there. Not that I see something and I go and mask that or, or try to mimic that. Um, but... I've noticed that to help jog the creativity, to help jog the idea for someone, I just send them to Pinterest. I say, type whatever you want in and you just scroll. <laughs> you scroll and, and believe you me, by the end of your scroll, you'll have a, a concept of what you at least like. Because some people think they know what they like until they see it. And then they're like, oh, that's what that is? Okay, no, I don't actually like that. I like this. Um, so understanding yourself a little bit more because I'm a big person of, you know, your space needs to be you mm -hmm. be comfortable. It does not have to look like a magazine. It could be creative. It could be as plain as you want it. However, you are most happy. However, you're most, um, functional in your space. That's the most important thing. Um, so for one, just to make things simple, I always direct people there. Um, we start there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, I love it. I mean, I do the same thing as a wedding planner. Like, I think it, it can be interesting when it comes to being a creative and the world of Pinterest, depending on like what communities you're in, because there's some people that hate Pinterest. They feel like it's just causing people to lose lack of authentic creativity and just ideas. But I'm very much that person, like, I pull inspo from things just because I see something one way. Like, I'm that person, like, gosh, it even applies to some tattoos I have on my body. I could take three concepts and put it into one that has significance to me. And you may still be able to pull different parts from the three, you know, avenues of inspiration. But at the end of the day, it's still me. So I really like that because it definitely kind of fades in the, our head sometimes. Like, well, I don't want to just duplicate it. I just don't want to be a repeat. But at the same time, there is nothing wrong with inspiration. That's why so many of us even create in the first place because we are inspired or we want to inspire. So I really like that little reminder. But yeah, no guys, Pinterest is bae. And if you have anything else to say aside from Pinterest, you're lying because Pinterest is bae. Um, but I do really like that tip. And, and again, I can even attest that was one thing Tanise had me do when I wanted to decorate my space because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I wanted to incorporate a little cannabis and wanted to stick to my brand colors because I am trying to really get on video more and gotta be on brand guys. Come on. I can't be a branding coach and not be on brand. So I'm really <laughs> trying on that, but it was really soothing to realize there's a lot of ways that you can add everything you want without having to do much. So for example, in my office space, I am trying to just keep it white and gold. Tanise actually put up one of my one of my captain's wheels for Sigma that's painted gold. She installed two shelves and then on top of that put pictures of my mom, my grandma, just other family pictures, significant pictures right there. So I have white shelves, they're all all of the um, frames are gold. So it's so simple, but it works and it looks great aesthetically. So you know, honestly, Pinterest takes you very far sometimes because that was one thing I wanted. I was like, I would love to have shelves, but I don't want a bookshelf. And then again, 
Denise making it sound like a no-brainer. Oh, well, let's just install a couple shelves. And then it, it gives you the, and I'm like, get out of here with your magic. Like, you're right. Like, and I love it. I love it. I can't wait to um, put it up again. And then also on that interior design note, because again, I love to shop. What are some of your favorite places to buy affordable or even sometimes like your favorite places? It doesn't even just have to be the affordable ones because I like my I like my Walmart yoga pants, but I also like my Torrid yoga pants and the price point's different, but they serve their purpose. So <laughs> what would you personally say are some of your favorite places to go pick up home decor or even furniture? Right. Well, some of the favorite places that, you know, like most of the world, and, and I do this consciously when I do go to these big box stores, but the Max, TJ Max, it's one of my, one of my top yeah. faves, especially for certain clients who are on a budget. It is perfect. Mm -hmm. um, they have most of the time decor items in almost every genre that you can think of. So if you want a sailor theme, m most times they have something sailor related. If you mm -hmm. want something a little more Victorian, a little bit more modern, a little bit more, you know, boho, they have a little bit of everything that you want. Um, for me, it's finding those small details. Because I'm a very de detail oriented person and I feel it's in the details that make that space really pop and just stand mm -hmm. out. So for me, finding those small details that would just kind of complete the space for the client, that's why I like to go there. Okay. And they have great furniture and all that. I'm not sure if it's the best quality of furniture, but it's definitely cute and it'll definitely work for certain spaces. Um, of course, all the other big ones that are online, CD2 and, oh gosh, there's so many I like getting tongue-tied because there's so many to I'm like I know we went to Ikea and TJ Maxx for sure and I've always loved Ikea because it's just simple but I really do appreciate their floor plan and that you can see things you can really again I'm a, I like to visualize things especially like I want to know what it's going to look like before I get it there whether it's just seeing it physically or seeing it realistically um, in the sense of Ikea having its mock rooms and bathrooms and essentially houses um, but I'm like, I know I love Ikea. That's always a fun one for me too. And another thing, just like you were saying, Ikea is really good for um, just kind of conceptualizing. Do I actually want this in my space? Do you think this will look good in my space? And then of course, for me personally, going to Ikea because it is more budget friendly. So for those small things that might just complete the space or let's say we just need to grab a mattress and, and the client's comfortable with an Ikea mattress. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just, it's a good way to be affordable. So affordability is always really great, especially when you're moving. And for those of you who may move more than just once a year, I mean, once a, excuse me, once a lifetime, I should say, um, you know, having items that will sustain you, but won't break your bank, in my opinion, is key. Now, of course, if you can afford to get very expensive items each move, then that's great. Um, but investing in things that will work for the time being, um, sometimes two can can measure out. It just depends on the numbers and really if it works for you. But um, those two stores are okay. Um, there was what I like to do recently too is go to the smaller stores, mom and, and pop. Um, our small local business owners who also do decor, who also have furniture and good quality furniture as well. So I'm a big supporter of the community as well. So I really do try to get more of the community services. So yes, again, do big box stores, but also try to uh, incorporate some of the local things as well. That's awesome. And I know you actually work for a project with your local church, I believe, where you guys do have some consignment items. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Oh yeah, sure. So um, I got invited to help um, this lovely church in Gardena, California. It's called um, Gardena Genesis Community Church. And they started a thrift store called Regenesis Thrift Store. And I act as co-chair at the moment. And so basically we took one of their back uh, buildings that they were using just for, you know, um, extra space and whatnot. And we just turned it into a complete thrift store. Um, we've had so many donations over the past year that we've never really run out of anything. Um, so we're able to have our clothes and shoes and home goods and, and honestly too, the thrift stores guys don't sleep on your thrift stores. Right. That was me in college, girl. That's how I got everything in college. I think I have like my one target futon, but I got my mattress from a consignment store. I got like my desk and my chair and everything. I'm like, that's, that's my first <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you 
want to find more um, like older pieces, you know, the mid-century pieces, um, just a little bit of older decor. Sometimes going into those, you it's like gold. You know, you'll stumble upon things that um, really cost a lot of money in the big box stores, but you can get it. And oftentimes they're not in that bad condition. They may have a nick here or there, but depending on, you know, your space and how you are, um, it might be okay. But definitely don't, don't sleep under thrift stores. But um, yeah, we started a thrift store. We helped that community out. Um, and it's been great. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, before we hop off, I do have one last question for you. And I just want to know, how do you define living an ambitious life? What is ambitious living for Denise? Ooh, ambitious living. Um, honestly, I'd say go all balls out. <laughs> like seriously, um, being your true self, being who you are no matter what, being an honest and good human being, helping others, striving for your goals every single day no matter what, um, and mostly helping people on the way up, you know, we're in this together and this thing called life <laughs> and why put each other down? Why be angry? Why be evil? Just love each other. You know, we may not agree with each other. We may not feel that each other belongs in certain places, but we need to be mindful of each other as human beings, you know, first and foremost, and just learn how to love the human being. Um, and respect the human being. So for me, just living ambitiously is just living my best life, being happy. Um, I want to build seven, and I will build seven streams of income, but I want to really have a big legacy, just a big boss legacy, um, so I can help others. Um, my offspring, if I choose to have some in the future, will benefit. And yeah, just make the place that just percentage better. You know what I mean? I love that. No, I, I so identify with that. This is just a question I've really been trying to ask all my guests because one, obviously it's the name of the podcast, but two, I've learned, you know, we all define that differently. I, I remember even asking um, one of my friends at one point and for that person specifically, it was mainly success and more so money. So I just really like to get everyone's opinion on what does that mean? So thank you so much, Denise, for one, answering that question authentically, uh, but two, for being on. I so much appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. These are amazing tips. I've, I'm so excited to go pack. Honestly, I'm getting ready to do some moving today. So I'm really excited to pack up and apply some of these tips that you shared today. So Thank you so much. And for those who are listening, if you are interested in getting the show notes for this episode, make sure that you check in the description of this episode. Additionally, make sure you are subscribed to my newsletter. I will be sending out show notes and probably a few other goodies from Tinis directly in my upcoming newsletter. So make sure you are subscribed to the newsletter. Uh, make sure you get all of the show notes. And as always, thank you so much for being here. And I hope you guys have a great week. Bye. All right, it's done. Girl, that was awesome. <laughs> Don't forget, I make show notes for every episode so that you can go back and have a brief description of what we talked about. Plus, I always like to make downloads so you can have pocket guides and wallpapers with all of the tips and tricks I shared. Make sure you check them out in the link below. Wait, before you go. If you like what you hear and want even more ambitious living podcast goodies, join my Facebook community to network with other badass women like yourself, ready to live an intentional, adventurous, ambitious life. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ambitious refinement to join. Also, if you want to take a look into my personal life as a blogger and entrepreneur, make sure you follow me on Instagram at curves.and.muscles underscore. Chat soon, babes.